So good morning, family. Come on. Good morning, family. There we go. That's a bit better. It is such a privilege for me to have friends with us today that has come to visit. Pastor Dwayne White, you know, needs very little introduction in this community. I think he's been coming here for almost 25 years now. And um, he looked a little different when he started than what he does now, but you'll, you'll see. And, um, and now he's a grandfather. So that's the greatest thing that's happened in his life a couple of times over. Um, for those of you that may not know Dwayne, Dwayne and Chris is uh, from Texas. Dwayne has traveled to 63 different nations and he's used by the Lord prophetically, but also in equipping and training leaders and just encouraging the body of Christ. He's been a real friend to this house, to us, and has just encouraged us along our journeys in so many ways. And it's therefore such a privilege for me and to Natasha and myself, Chris and Dwayne are good dear friends also. We're privileged every now and then to get to spend time with each other. Other than that, we meet on Zoom and calls and FaceTime and all of that. But it's such a privilege, Dwayne, to come and have you with us this morning. There's some friends also from America with them. Dwayne's going to introduce them to you, but it's so great to have you guys with us also. You're so, so welcome. So welcome, Dwayne. Thank you so much. How are you today, Hatfield? You're looking good. You're sounding good. It's a wonderful day. I'm so honored and privileged to be with you. Some of you wonder, why did he, is this children's church? Is he, is he bringing props? Yes, I brought props this morning. It's always an honor and a privilege to be here and stand on this stage. We've had so many wonderful memories uh, in this room, outside this room, uh, over the years. It's just been great. It's great to journey with people for a long time together. And as Pastor Louis said, I was skinnier. That's what he was alluding to. When I came, I, I uh, probably had a little bit of hair. Um, and it went from here to here, uh, but it's great. I bring greetings from Chris. She was staying home, taking care of our youngest grandchild. We have number three on the way. And so that, yeah, that is the best. Kids are great. Grandkids are grand. They're better than great. They're absolutely wonderful. I do have a few friends that came with me. Guys, stand up. Um, for on, the, on this end, just closest to Pastor Louie, is Pastor Terry Jimerson. We lead a network of churches called the O2 Network, and he has a network. He leads one of our network churches in that he planted 16 years ago in Las Vegas, Nevada, and that's his son-in-law, Riley. Give those two guys a big hand, if you would. It's great to have them. And uh, Pastor Terry doesn't look like it, but he's got eight kids. Eight kids. And we're going to tag team tonight with the young adults, so that's going to be a lot of fun. He's got an incredible story. And then this is Tim Grisham. Tim is a plumber by trade, a businessman in, in our church. He's been in our church for six or seven years. Him and his wife, Dawn, are dear friends to Chris and I. And uh, he's just an amazing guy. And when I asked him to come, he said, absolutely. So give Tim a big hand if you would. I love bringing people with me to South Africa. As Pastor Lee said, I've been to 65 nations. 
And people always ask me, where's your favorite place in the world? If there's anywhere you could live besides Texas, where would it be? And I always say, South Africa. If there's any place I would live besides Texas, it would be right here. I love this. I love the land of Boltong, Springboks, and Jacarandas. <laughs> Although I'm in the wrong season for the Jacarandas, but that's all right. That's all right. For the past three years, it's an understatement to say that those years for us globally have been discouraging, confusing, frustrating, to some devastating. Globally, a lot's been going on. And it's left a lot of people, even a lot of Christians, wondering, God, are you even here? And if you're here, what are you up to? What, what in the world's going on, God? What are you doing? But there's even a more specific question I get, having traveled the world as sort of a prophetic voice for, for 35 years, I get this question, I've had it for decades, but I'm really getting it a lot these days, is, is what's God saying now? Well, is God saying anything? And if so, what's he saying Right now, Jesus said that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. Somebody say proceeds. That proceeds out of the mouth of God. So, so there's a proceeding word. There's a fresh word. There's a now word. And we should be living not off of yesterday's word or yesterday's revelation or a, a season before's manna. But we, God wants to give us a fresh bread. He wants to give us fresh revelation. But what I've come to realize is that uh, much of the body of Christ is kind of clueless. And there's some people running around saying God said things maybe he didn't say. And, and, and then there's other people just wondering, I don't know what God's saying, but, but I, I could go one step further. Some people just kind of seem ignorant. I, I hope that didn't offend everybody. None of you fit that category. But it's like some of the things that, that people are saying God said, you think, if you've read your Bible, it just doesn't line up with the character and nature of God at all. So, so what is he really saying? In every nation, the, 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 the military community uh, has a, a sector called the intelligence community. They will go, you've seen the movies where they go handpick somebody and they train them based on the profile that they have to learn to, to collect intel and be a part of this secret agency or this secret society, if you will, this group of people called, called the intelligence community. And, and do you know that I believe God sent me all the way to South Africa to recruit all of you because he wants all of his kids to be a part of his intelligence community. He, God wants us to be clued in, not clued clued out or clueless. He wants us to be in the know, if you will, for what he's wanting to say to, in the world and what he's, he's doing in the world at any given time. He's kind of always had this idea. When King David ascended to the throne, there were all of these tribes that were offering something to him. 
They're offering uh, uh, their best, if you will. And, and in Chronicles, it says Judah had 6,800 armed troops, Simeon 7,100 mighty men of valor, Ephraim 20,800, the half-tribe of Manasseh 18,000, Zebulun, this is a good one, 50,000 fit for service, trained for battle with all kinds of weapons. From Dan, 28,600 prepared for, from Asher, 40,000 fit for service, all prepared for battle. And then we get to one more. From Issachar, 200. 200? Really? 200? Is it even worth mentioning? Wouldn't it be better to be a part of Zebulun? 50,000. One of these other 20,000, 18,000. Issachar, 200. 200. Seems so insignificant. Why is it even in the Bible? Well, 1 Chronicles 12, 32 says, of the sins of Issachar, they had understanding of the times and they knew what Israel should do. There were 200. So what was so special about these guys? Well, they had special intel or what we're gonna call Issachar intelligence. And Issachar intelligence had two things. They understood the times and seasons and they knew what needs to be done. So, so I have a question for you. Are there signs of the times? I believe there are. I believe that there are, God puts signs in every season that we would call the signs of the times. However, a lot of people, when we talk about signs of the times, they think we mean end time signs. So some people, when you talk, when you say signs of the times, they say, oh yeah, I want to talk about end time signs, which are signs of eschatology. And then they get into things like blood moons and red heifers and stuff that gets kind of weird at times. I, that's not what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about signs of the times, I'm talking about signs that God puts in seasons and culture to tell us and give us clues as to what he's really doing. Remember, our big question is, what in the world's going on? What is God doing? What is God saying? Well, well he puts clues in society, in culture, in the church, in every season. And sons of Issachar have Issachar intelligence. And I believe God wants to enroll us. Back in the day, there was only one tribe. But I believe he wants all of us to have some Issachar intelligence and know what God is doing and know what to do about it. Thank all 12 of you. So, what's happening? What's happening in our time and in our season? What really is going on? Well, it doesn't take spiritual rocket science type discernment to figure out, I believe in the last few years, our world has come unraveled. Our world seems to have fallen apart and is all tied up in knots. C.S. Lewis in his book, The Four Loves, said it this way. Our whole being by its very nature is one vast need. Incomplete, preparatory, empty yet cluttered, 
crying out for him who can untie things that are now knotted together and tie up things that are now dangling loose. I have this piece of yarn, and if you're in the back, I'm sure you can't see it unless you've got really good eyes. But in this yarn, I, I, I tied some knots in it. And like the C.S. Lewis quote, I believe a lot of us are tied up. We have all these knots on the inside, and you say, well, I thought you said we've come unraveled. Well, on one hand, we're tied up in knots, and on another hand, we're just all unraveled. I was in a yarn shop off the coast. Chris and I are studying to get our doctorate in semiotics, which is studying signs. And we were in Orcas Island off the coast of Washington in Seattle, off the coast of Seattle. And I walked into this shop and they had all this yarn and they had made all these beautiful things. They had crocheted and knit all these sweaters and hats and, and just beautiful, lovely things. And, and, and they were selling balls of yarn like this that were beautiful and neat and put together. But then over to the side, there was this thing. And I said, I said, um, are you selling that? And she said, do you know what we call that? And I said, what? She said, we call it yarn barf. Pretty appropriate. Yarn barf. She said, the interesting thing about that is you, you would think it can't be used and people that don't know how to use it, the more they try to untangle it, the more knotted up it gets, the more in knots it becomes. And she said, if you are untrained and unskilled in working with it, it just gets worse the more you try to untangle it on your own. She said, but if you give me that, I know how to pull the right threads at the right time and I can make the whole thing usable again. And immediately it hit me. Uh, we are like yarn barf. The whole world is a bunch of yarn barf. And we've, we've tried to untangle ourselves, and we've just made it worse. We came unraveled on our circumstances around us and we're tied up in knots on the inside of us and we're trying to untie our knots inside of us and fix everything around us and it's just getting worse but Jesus is the master creator and he can take this mess and he can get the Messiah can get in that mess and he can take it and make it something beautiful and he can create a tapestry out of all of our dysfunction. So there's two types of unraveled. We see this in Luke chapter 2. Young Jesus teaching in the temple. And it says in verse 47 in the NIV, everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. So you got this group of people that are they're astonished. The word, the word for amazed is, is existemi in the Greek. It means amazed or astonished, beside yourself, literally outside yourself looking in. So there Jesus is teaching in the temple and the revelation is flowing and they're like, 
I'm unraveled. I'm undone at this amazing revelation. Then look at what mama and daddy are doing. Verse 48, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Now, the first thing I want to point out is this text makes me feel better about my parenting. We have three children. We left all of them at church at least once. I would go home, my wife, and my, we would go in separate cars. I, my wife would go home, I would go home. I'd say, do you have such and such? No, I thought you had them. And I would have one, she would have one. But invariably, one of the three is left behind. <laughs> so we had to go back and get them. So evidently, that happened here. Jesus is left behind. And they come back and they find him teaching. And while one group of people are beside themselves or unraveled by his revelation in a good way, mom and dad are unraveled. And this word for astonished also means amazed, but it means stunned. It's ekpliso. It's not existemi. It's ekpliso. And it means to be so stunned and so overwhelmed that you are, are to the point of, 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 of being filled with sorrow. Anxiously searching is frantic to experience mental and spiritual pain, to be pained or, or, or distressed. So their unraveling led to, to, to this anxiousness, this strife, this, 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 this angst on the inside of them. When I read this text, I was reminded, this looks like the world today. There's a group of people who the last three years, we've had people get saved and healed and globally there have been angelic visitations coming to people and, that didn't know Christ and, and there's stories of miracles and signs and wonders and stuff that we don't always hear about but, but, but traveling the world you get to hear glimpses of things here and there and God's been busy doing amazing things and he's been pouring out revelation and he's been doing signs and wonders and there's a group of people going and then there's the church it's acting a lot like Mary and Joseph, and we're unraveled because we can't find Jesus. Jesus, where are you? Jesus, we lost you. Jesus, I thought, no, I, I thought you had him. No, I thought you had him. He's been busy doing what Jesus always does, but we can't find him. That's how you felt. I believe God's going to speak to you today. In verse 50, it says, but they did not understand what he was saying. And that word saying there is rhema, the now word to them. See, when we are unraveled by our circumstances, we run the risk of missing the rhema that's right before us. So, you can't choose your circumstances, but you can choose your unraveling. So there's two kinds of unraveling. 
this unraveling over here is, is what the world and much of the church has felt, and that is an unraveling that leads to reeling in pain. It's an unraveling that leads to reeling in pain. However, there's another unraveling. And over here we see people who got unraveled as they reveled in his presence. I don't know about you, but I want to choose this unraveling. I don't want to be unraveled and reeling in pain. I want to become unraveled as I revel in the revelation of his presence. Because when I get in his presence, I get undone. When I worship Jesus, I get undone. This morning during worship, I got undone. We even sang, God, let it, uh, 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 we're coming back to the heart of worship and forgive us for what we've made it. Where we just forgot that we were going through the motions. When we can get in your presence and get undone and we get unraveled, then our circumstances may be unraveling, but I'm unraveling and reveling while the world is unraveling and reeling. Are you willing to get unraveled? When we do, something supernaturally starts happening on the inside of us. Now then, I said this to Car Intelligence. I've recruited you into God's intelligence agency. And, and there are two elements. One is car intelligence. One is you understand the signs of the seasons. And what was the second thing? You know what Israel or to us the church should do. So the sign of the season is this unraveling. What is it? that God wants us busy doing. I believe that this unraveling has brought us to a point of decision. I choose my unraveling, and depending on which unraveling I choose internally, it brings me to a point of decision. I believe most of the world has chosen what I'm gonna call today a more or less mentality. More or less. More or less, a more or less mentality leads to mediocrity. You see it everywhere. Are you excited about the spring bucks? Uh, more or less. Are you excited about your favorite soccer team? Uh, more or less. Are you, are you excited about your favorite right? Uh, more or less. Are you excited about your new job? More or less. Are you excited about your future? More or less. Are you excited about church? Eh, more or less. Are you excited about tithing? Eh, more or less. Are you excited about serving Jesus? Yeah, more or less. If, if you understand American football or not, this doesn't matter. I'll just tell you, in American football, um, my team that I grew up supporting all my life is the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys were great for a season. They've been mediocre for a quarter of a century. 
It's very painful to me. And, and, and what would happen is every year I believe this is their year, then they disappoint me, they fail, and I go into depression, I need therapy, I have to get out of it. So, so there's some things that having a more or less mentality is okay. So if you ask me now, Dwayne, are you a Cowboys fan? I might say, oh, more or less. <laughs> and that's probably healthy. But can I just suggest that while it's okay to have a more or less mentality about certain things in the world, and maybe it's even good to have a more or less mentality about certain things in society and the world, it's never okay to have a more or less mentality about things of the kingdom because God is not a more or less God, and we should not be more or less Christians. More or less, mentality leads to a life of mediocrity. So what is different about that? Well, we were looking and we had this more or less and on the board and we were praying through it. And all of a sudden we realized it's not more or less. That in the kingdom, we're called to be more and less people. Not more or less, more and less. Somebody say, more and less. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, more and less. Say, not more or less, more and less. I just do that to keep you awake. See, the more or less mentality leads to mediocrity and, and it leads to wandering. W-A-N-D-E-R. I-N-G, wandering. You can go over here to Menland and it's okay to wander. Wander for an hour, it's not gonna hurt you. But if you wander through life, it could destroy you. I don't wanna live a life of wandering, I wanna live a life of wonder. Living in the wonder of Jesus. So, just quickly, I wanna give you some areas of more or less, oh, more and less. Before I do that, one of the gals in our, in, on our team uh, is an artist, and she made a, this logo for us. Can you put up the more and less where it makes the big X? Um, she made this logo for this prophetic word. And when we looked at it, we said, that's, that's the kingdom. Because the more goes down and the less goes up. You would think it should be that the less is headed down and the more is headed up. And in the world, if you want more, you got to do more. In the world, if you want more, you got to get more. If you want more money, go get more money. But in the kingdom, if you want more, you got to give away what you have. And as we give more, we then get more. But it seems like it's getting us less, but it's actually getting us more. In the kingdom, in the world, if you want to be great, you got to go up the ladder. But in the kingdom, if you want to go be great, you got to go down and serve everyone. So what looks like is going down is really leading up, and what looks like it's leading up is really leading down. And when you get more and less, then everything begins to change because everything's upside down. So where it looks like God is taking something away, he's really doing it to add something great. 
But only Holy Spirit knows what we need more of and what we need less of. I can try to figure it out. I'll get it wrong every time. But if I listen to him, he can show me. More and less. John, I think it's 3.30, says, he must increase, I must decrease. More of him and less of me. So, let me give you, worship team, you can come, please. Let me give you a, a few general more and less statements. I'm going to give you these in list form, and you can write them down, pray over them. Maybe God will speak one or two of them to you, but I believe he's going to speak some of your own just to you. What does this mean to you? So here we go. First of all, more spirit-led, we need to be more spirit-led and less strategy-driven. See, we need strategy, but God is the strategic one. So if we're led by the Spirit, we will be strategic. But we can be strategic and not be led by the Spirit. We need more simplicity and less complexity. Our, our lives are too complex. See, while, while the enemy was busy trying to destroy our lives during lockdown, Jesus was busy trying to simplify our lives during lockdown because we found out we didn't really need a lot of things we thought we had to have to survive. But now here we are out of lockdown, all trying to get back to the complex lives we had before, and Jesus is going, hold up! That's not what I told you to do. Uh, here's a good one. We need more shalom and less stress. Everywhere you go, the whole world is stressed out. I mean, people's dogs are stressed out. <laughs> Cats are stressed. Everybody's, like, Everybody's jumpy. We need more shalom, peace. More solitude and less isolation. Some of you say, wait a minute, Dwayne, solitude and isolation are the same thing. No, they're not. Au contraire. See, I can be in solitude in the presence of God, receiving refreshing from him, but not be isolated from God's people. So solitude is necessary in God's presence, but isolation is never healthy from God's people. Selah. Can we go to the next list? Let's start the next one. We need more spirit intoxication and less success intoxication. The day of church celebrities is over. I call them celebrities. Church celebrities. Let's get quick getting drunk on success. How about more creating, less consuming? How about the next one? More Contribution, less competition. We're not competing with the church up the street. Let's contribute to the church up the street. Here's a good one. More conformity, more cruciformity and less cultural conformity. What's cruciformity? Being formed to the cross of Christ rather than conformed to the culture around us. 
Here's some last ones. You're going to love this one. We need more church and less church. Some of you are saying, Dwayne, sorry. You said the same word twice. You need to fix your notes. But we need more being the church and less doing church. We need more connection and less connection. What is that? We need more connection I don't have my phone, but if I held it up, less connection. Give me the next one, please. We need more focus and less focus. More focus on God and his kingdom and less focus on our own will, our own desires, our own way of thinking. And then here's the last one I'll give you. We need more love and less love. You say, why are all those the same? Because they're nuanced differences. We need more agape or agape, as you would say here. And, and less selfish love. I need to love God and love people and love the kingdom and love the church more and love success and love the world and love my own way less. So I have a question and I'm done. Are you willing to come unraveled in order to discover you're more and less? Are you willing to get in his presence and revel until he gives you revelation that then begins to show you what you need more of and what you need less of in this season? And if you do that, you're starting to enter the tribe of Issachar. You're starting to enter Issachar intelligence in this season. And then in every season, he'll do the same thing with you. So I have two things that I'm done, two challenges. One, when you go home, get a blank piece of paper. At the top of it, write more and less. If you speak English. If you have another language you like better, write whatever more and less is the equivalent of. And then just sit before the Lord and let him show you more of this and less of this, more of this. It doesn't need to be a long list, maybe one or two things. Maybe in a week or a month or two months, he keeps showing you things. Listen and obey and watch what happens. And then finally, we won't have enough for everyone, but if we can find some scissors, I'm going to leave this up here. And maybe a few of you just feel an unction from the Holy Spirit to come cut off a piece of this yarn and tie some knots where you realize you've been tied in knots. And you say, Lord, I've gotten unraveled by my circumstances and tied up on the inside. Would you show me how to untie every knot? And listen, carry this around with you and he'll give you keys to untying each one. Those are just a couple of prophetic acts that may help you in this season. Stand to your feet, lift your hands, and say, Jesus, come on, say, Jesus, show me my more and my less. Jesus, you heard every person, whether on campus or online, whether live or later, you've heard them say, they ask you to show them 
their more and less. So I'm asking you to show them the more and less in their life so that they can have the right kind of unraveling. While the world is falling apart, we're coming apart. Bless this church that I love so dearly in Jesus' name. Thank you, Hatfield. I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. We are also in a season where we're praying for our nation. And I think there's an application of this word for our nation. There is more that God wants for this nation. But that means there's less things that He also wants for this nation. How many of you know less load shedding will be great? More electricity will be fantastic. And that's a silly thing. It's not really what I mean. I think you get that. But can I, can I ask you to join me for a moment to pray for South Africa? We need to trust God for the more that He has in store. And for the less that is trying to destroy, distract, to separate, to just tear us apart. Can we trust the Lord? Let's pray together. Father, we thank You. We thank You for this nation. We thank you for your promises for this nation. Thank you, Lord, that it is your desire to let your kingdom come in this nation as it is in heaven. Thank you that it is your desire that this nation will have an expression of what kingdom order looks like. And so, therefore, we continue to pray and we trust you. We do not look to man. We do not look to systems or parties, we look to you firstly, Lord. You can use systems, parties, and people, but we look to you first. And we say, let your kingdom come. More of your kingdom, Lord, in Jesus' name. Can you say that with me? More of your kingdom, Lord. But Lord, we trust you for less darkness. Less distraction. Less destruction in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, that as we pray and continue to pray, whether it's here together as a community, in our homes or wherever we go, we can stand. We can stand in intercession. We can stand in proxy. We can stand prophetically proclaiming your truth over this nation. Use us, Lord, as your church. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 As we end the service, I'm going to invite you to come. We have some scissors here, so just be careful with them. Thankfully, this is not England because this would be a health and safety violation right here. But we can have scissors if you want to come and cut. But also if you want to come forward for just prayer, let somebody pray with you. This may be the day where you say, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. Then the person that's going to meet with you up front, just tell them, I want to give my life to Jesus. If you're with us online, reach out to us at talk to, me, talk to us at Hatfield or, or prayer at Hatfield. The address will come up. But may the Lord bless you as you go onto your front line and bring hope to the world around you. And the last thing is remember that our Connect Lounge, Ben is ready to meet with you there and just tell you more about our community and how you can be involved. May the Lord bless you. But please respond to the word this morning. Make use of this opportunity. Come and prophetically respond also and come forward for prayer. May the Lord bless you.